It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak, and I am 10 minutes late this week. So apologies for that. A little bit of a technical glitch. I had to restart the modem, restart the computer, and in doing that, I have the same issue I had with sharing my slides. So I'm now to use the native StreamYard, the, the tool that I use for the show. I'm going to use their slide deck. So you'll see my head will be turning every now and then. That's just because I got to look at their controls. So apologies for that. But as I say, the show must go on. So let's go on with the show. So here we go. So on this week's Things with AZ, I got to play with the new Jabra Elite 7 Actives. Now, if you have watched the show over the years, you'll know I'm a huge Jabra fan. Um, I've been very lucky to get to play with a lot of their different headsets over the years, in the ears, speaker bases, um, around the neck, um, sports, non-sports, making phone calls, not making phone calls. So it's it's been a brand that has definitely been part of the show. Um, so always when, when a new toy arrives from Jabra, I'm always keen to give it a go. And as you know, I've reviewed a lot of headsets on the show over the years, but this is always one that I use as a benchmark. So the Jabra 7 Elite, sorry, 7, the Jabra Elite 7 Active. I wish that all the brands would come up with better naming conventions for their products. It's just they've always have these long tongue twisters. Anyway, if you're watching the show, you'll see up on screen, I got a picture of what looks like quite a cool mint color. I have the black ones with me, and as you can see, changed a little bit. The last time I reviewed a pair of Jabras, the, the box was high, like the Apple AirPods. They've now opted for a nice, sleek, thin um, box, which I think is quite cool, especially when you want to just slide into a coat pocket or something like that. So yeah, very cool. Remember though, these are the actives and that's quite important in some of the reviews and specs that I'm going to look at today. So um, nine hours of battery with ANC, active noise cancelling on, that is quite impressive. And we always have to say with active noise cancelling on because when you use active noise cancelling, you're actually using more of the battery power. So um, yeah, nine hours, 35 hours in the case. So you're not going to run out anytime soon. It does have wireless charging. Um, so that's quite cool. My last pair, I think the 85 did have wireless. I'm, I'm pretty sure they actually did have wireless charging and USB-C. So you've got wireless charging, USB-C. Speaking of wireless charging, I do have to give a quick shout out to Belkin. Um, I'm using the Boost Charge 3-in-1 wireless charger. I reviewed that about a month ago, just before Valentine's Day. And, you know, it was shown with all Apple products and AirPods and iPhone and Apple Watch and so on. Um, not only did other headsets, but this charges on there as well. So, yep, you, if you're looking for a, a three-in-one, if you have an iPhone and an Apple Watch, um, but you don't have AirPods like I don't, um, the Belkin Boost Charge three-in-one wireless charger is definitely an option. Right, so back to the Jabra Elite 7s. They have an IP57 rating. That is their waterproof dust protection rating. So what does this mean? Well, it's pretty much dustproof. Um, you know, I'm not expecting you to go running in the dust, but if you do go jogging off-road or there is a dust storm, this is not something you're going to have to worry about as well. The most important part, that's the 5. The IP5 is dust, and the higher the number, the more protection you get. The 7 is the waterproof or water resistant. In this case, it's not waterproof. It is sweatproof. Um, if you drop them in water and scoop them up in a few seconds, you should be fine. If you jump into a swimming pool or a shower and spend a few minutes in there, 
chances are your headset is going to break. So don't do it. If you are looking for a headset that can be used in water, Jabra does make a few. Um, I have reviewed them in the past. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But you're looking for an IP67 rating or up. Um, these are 5.7. So these are about sweat. So um, like the 85s that I previously reviewed, they have a hear-through function. Now, hear-through is basically you push the button and you can hear what's going on. I don't know if you've ever like gone into a gym or, and again, I'm going to keep using gym references because these are actives. But if you go into a gym and someone's working out on a machine that you want to work on, um, let's bring up a picture of the gym. Again, sorry, I have to look on that side. So there we go. We're in our gym mode and you have to take your headset out to ask someone a question because you need to hear the answer. Not with these. You can just push here through. It tells you, it speaks to you. It says active ANC on, ANC off, and here through. With here through, you will hear everything. So basically, the microphones do the work and they listen to the surround sounds, drop down the music or ebook, whatever it is that you're listening to, and you can hear. Um, very cool feature, especially also if you're sitting in an office environment. I work from home, I'm sitting with my headset in. Someone wants to ask me something, just tap it, go into here through mode, listen, carry on. So that's quite cool. Um, unlike the, the previous units, though, that I've reviewed, and this I'm starting to smile because I've moaned, and I'd like to take tribute or at least say that it was all because I moaned about this previously that Jabra listened and made it. You can now listen to one ear pod in either ear. So why do I stress this? This is the first pair of Jabras that I've reviewed where I've been able to take them out and put just the left ear in. Now, a lot of the expensive headsets have always worked on what they call a connected Bluetooth um, environment. So the right ear connects to the device and the left ear connects to the right ear. And that is the reason why you can't just put the left ear in. Well, fear no more. Jabra watched my show, listened to the moans, and the Elite 7s let you go into the one ear. Now, why is this important? Well, there are some people that are left-centered, left-handed, prefer to use the left ear, so that would be a good enough reason. But if you're just using one earbud, which I like to do when I'm on a phone call, I don't like to have both in. After a while, I might not want to have it on just this ear or batteries running out. I can take it out and I can put just the left ear in. And you can do that during the call. I did try that. You, you can't take out the right one first without putting the left one in because you won't hear the call. But I literally opened the box, put the left ear in, waited for it to connect that I could hear both, took the right out, put it in my box, and boom, off we went. So um, I'm really stoked about that. As I said, for me, that is a big thing. Um, I've moaned about that many, many years. And again, this was not just Jabra. This just seemed to be most of the high-end headsets did not do this. And I've always put Jabra in the high or higher-end category. Um, and I've, I've reviewed a lot of the entry-level uh, headsets, which have also had fantastic reviews, um, and they actually would do left ear only. So thank you, Jabra. Um, thank you for getting these through to me. As I said, I, I always do look forward to um, to uh, getting to play with the, the new toys. So the active part of the name, as I said, these are the Elite, Elite 7 Actives, and that is because they've been designed for sweat. Take these bad boys out and go for a sweat sesh. I did. Now, before everyone goes, I'll oh, show sure you did, Brett. I did. I actually got onto, I was going to say, I'm reading through some of my show notes here. It says here, I got onto the treadmill for 50 minutes, I promise. Well, that would be a lie. I don't use the treadmills. I don't like treadmills. I got onto the elliptical for 50 minutes. I was covered in sweat because I'm unfit, and uh, that's what you do generally. Um, popped the headset out, gave it a quick wipe with my towel, 
put them in the box, no problem. They were good for another day. So they really do work fine in a high sweat environment. I don't know if you'd be able to take them into like a steam room or sauna. I haven't tried that. And I don't know what the rating would be for that because there you're sweating. Potentially you could. But this brings me to another new innovation. And this is not something I've seen on any other headset before. In fact, they have trademarked it. It is called Shake Grip. So Shake Grip, um, it's basically a special liquid like silicone rubber coating thing. You can see this is a tech show and not the plastic show. But if I, I mean, you will not see this if you're watching the show. If you're listening, you have to just go with the flow. On the actual headset itself, so the part that sticks out, the bud that you're gripping, where all the, all the magic happens inside, you can actually feel, it feels like a silicone type feel. Whereas every other headset I've ever reviewed, it's plastic underneath and plastic on the top. And that's the Shake Grip um, compound. And what it does, like its name, it actually grips inside the ear. So not only do you have a little silicone tip that's inside the ear that grips, which, by the way, on all the other headsets that I've reviewed from Jabra, that did hold them in place. Now, with Shake Grip, it really holds them in place. It does two things. One, it holds them in place because of the sweat, but it also helps with the seal. So when you're listening to um, sounds with active noise cancelling on, it really does go a long way to close off and block out the external sounds. So... Um, yeah, fantastic um, offering from, from Jabra, the Elite 7 Actives. So that brings me to the Kristen Hirsch scale. Now, for anyone that doesn't watch the show or is new to the show or has never watched a previous show, there is a song by a singer called Kristen Hirsch called Your Ghost. There's a picture up on the screen. You can go and find it in Apple Music. There is an incredible bass section to this song. It just comes, it just reverberates. It goes boom and comes through now i always have to say you will never ever get a experience in ear with buds like you do over the years with noise cancelling it's just not going to happen and i've never given a 10 out of 10 for the scale rating either so those are two important things when i give it the Kristen hirsch scale and in this instance a very respective 7.5 for the jabra elite seven actives um you know everyone's going oh, Brett, 7.5 the highest I've actually ever given is nine. So that puts it into perspective for you. So you hear the bass. It's there. It's really cool. That also then brings me to the last part of the review of the Jabra Elite 7s actives. Um, they come with the Jabra Plus or Sound Plus app. Uh, I think it's called Sound Plus. I have got the app. Now, that's where you can set your EQs. You can, you can actually find your Jabras, by the way. And this is not new. This has been with a lot of the old ones. If you ever lose one of the buds or both of them, it's like Apple Find Ma. You can go into the Jabra app and see the last location that that um, bud actually connected. So that's pretty cool as well. But inside the Jabra app or the sound app, um, you can actually measure your ear. Now, as everyone's ears are different sizes, hence they give you the different earbuds, uh, gel tips that you can use to change, um, it actually uses pings and sound effects for you to measure your ear as to how you hear. Some people hear differently. Some people have uh, hearing impedance. Um, there's various reasons why we hear differently. And also what you may or may not know, but Jabra comes from the hearing aid and hearing industry. So they fully appreciate and understand how our ears work. So you can actually use the app and set up your the, the correct or best fit sound for you. So when you put these in, the magic happens and will automatically configure your headset to that sound. 
I don't know if that amplified on the Kristen Hirsch scale. I didn't actually think to try it before I did that. But um, basically, yeah, um, 7.5 on the Kristen Hirsch scale, I thought that was really good. Um, that is good, by the way. I think anything from six upwards means that you can hear the bass, that you can really hear the bass. And I work in half. So, you know, we're one and a half, 25% uh, above what would be where you can actually hear it. So um, I just wanted to mention as well that there's actually um, the Jabra Elite 4 Actives. Now, I never got to actually review these. Like, I was given a choice between the two. The suggestion was to go for the 7s, so I went for the 7s. But just quickly, um, and I think it's important to mention this, the Elite 4s, there's a couple of differences. The most important one would be price. They are cheaper than the 7s. They're not taking away anything from it from a sound point of view. Um, so they are um, slightly cheaper. They don't have wireless charging on the case, which means that they can make them cheaper. And they don't have um, – oh, I've lost my train of thought. So, as I said, never reviewed them. They, they don't have the um, same software, sorry, the, the, the controls that I was talking about inside the app as well. So main difference is cheaper slightly oh, and slightly less battery life as well. I think the spec said seven hours whereas the 7 has 9 hours. so And then obviously the case will have less as well. So it is slightly less battery, but I think 7 hours is quite respective. These are the actives. I want to see someone training for 7 hours. Um, if you do, well done to you. But yeah, I don't think you're going to train for a 7-hour session and run out of battery life. So if, But I think the main thing, though, is if your, your decision to get a new pair of buds is budget, then, as I said, maybe have a look at the forces. I haven't reviewed them. I'm just giving you some of the feedback that was actually linked to the data and might be something that you want to consider. So that brings us to the end of um, things with AZ. And now we're on to tech news. So iOS 15.4 has launched. So besides the usual security updates, um, the biggest part of this launch is mask unlocked. So with Face ID, um, if you have a mask on, you aren't able to unlock your phone. You can actually do it with your Apple Watch. So if you have an Apple Watch and you've set it that way, you can actually unlock your, when you go to your face and you're wearing a mask, your watch would unlock. If you don't have a watch, now you can reprogram your Face ID to unlock with Face Mask. Is it a little bit too late or is Big Dick, Big Dick, <laughs> there's a Freudian slip, Big Dick, Big Tech telling us that we're about to go back into maskful? I don't know. According to conspiracy theories, it's uh, the tech that tech industry that pretty much has caused all of this. But this is not a conspiracy theory show. This is the technology show. So you can unlock with a mask on. And Universal Control has now rolled out across um, iOS 15.4. Uh, so what universal control is, is basically, uh, and I'm going to use an iPad as a reference because that's what I did for, for my demo of 15.4. <clears throat> you had up until now um, a feature called Sidecar where you could use your iPad as a second or external monitor and you could move between the two. So let's say you work on your MacBook and you wanted a second screen, you could use your, um, your iPad as a second monitor. I do have to give a shout out to Espresso Displays. They are in the SME Mall. In fact, I don't think there's a featured SME Mall merchant. So it will be Espresso Displays this week. Um, they make a very slick, portable um, external monitor that you can take with you and use as an external monitor if you don't have an iPad and it's touchscreen as well. But what's, um, what a um, 
universal control does is you can just move your mouse right across all your screens, multiple screens that are linked to your device and onto your iPad as well. So you can actually put it into the array. Now I sit here and you'll see my head going like this. I have three different screens. I've got a screen there, my MacBook is here and I've got a screen there. For some reason, if I needed to, I could now put my iPad into this configuration as well and use it. But the most important thing is, is I'm, if I'm working externally and I have my keyboard and my mouse with me um, and just my iPad, I could put it up and actually move seamlessly across the two. As I said, Sidecar does do that, but this will now make Sidecar obsolete. And the idea was actually to bring it into a working environment. There are a lot of complaints about battery drain. Um, now, I'm going to actually defend Apple on this one. So basically, every time there's new, a new version update, there's the same moan about battery drain. Now, Apple's given, in my opinion, a very plausible explanation to this. And no, I'm not a fanboy that's just going rah, 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 Apple can do no wrong. Apple can do some things wrong. But in this instance, their explanation does make sense. So for ye of little faith, the reason why battery drain seems to be prevalent and noticeable after an iOS update is inside the iOS update and the software update are generally new features and new configurations, which means it needs to learn what you've currently got set up and how to integrate and when to use these new features. Because for anyone that owns an iPhone, you know that certain things appear, like when you swipe down and look for search, apps that you use frequently will always be there, just as a suggestion. Your calendar's there and so on. So when they launch new features, your phone effectively needs to reprogram itself and relearn what to use. This requires more power, hence battery drain. You will notice, and it has done over time, that it does start to settle and balance itself, itself and go back to what it used to do. So um, I'm going to go with Apple on this. I'm going to say that this is plausible. Um, and yeah, you your battery will sort itself out. Upgrades, I always advocate for, unless it's the very first version of it. So in other words, when it was 15, you'll remember I said, please wait a while. Let all the bugs come out. Wait for that point 0.1. This is 15.4. You're good to go, do the update, do the security bug blocks as well, especially with everything that's going on in the world at the moment and increased cyber attacks. If there are any loopholes on your device, you wanna plug them up. So there's an update for iPad, there's an update for phone, and I do believe the MacBook has an update as well in Monterey, so just check that out. What do we have next? Ah, Netflix. So Netflix, uh, oh, so let me ask the question, do you share your passwords for these types of services? Um, so when you now go into Netflix and you see the who's watching and it's got dad, ex-boyfriend, sister-in-law, father-in-law and so on, you might now need, you might start to see a little thing that pops up that says, this is a sub-user, please pay $2.99. Um, Chile, Costa Rica and Peru are the first three countries, or unlucky countries in this instance, that Netflix will be uh, testing this new feature. So they basically turn around and saying, well, we don't mind if you are all in the same house and you share your password, but what seems to be going on at the moment is people are sharing passwords externally or in other households. Now, I have a problem with this. If you're allowed to have five users, surely, and don't come in by copyrights and all that, that's between you and the publishers. I'm allowed five people. I'm allowed five people to watch the content. What difference does it make if they're not in the same household? Okay. And 
I share my password with some people and equally they share their password with me for another service. So I'm paying for one service, they're paying for another service, we're both getting both benefits. In my household, there's only three of us. I have two users that are allowed to watch. So why can't they be outside? And again, this was rhetorical. I'm not looking for Netflix to come and tell me about um, copyright infringements and so on because the argument is muted in my opinion for the simple reason that if I leave my house and I go on holiday, or I go to another state, or I go to another country, I can still access my Netflix, which means I'm outside of my house. So Netflix, stop being greedy. Please remember Paramount Plus, Disney, Hulu, Binge, uh, I don't know, Peacock. There are so many other service providers out there that are coming to eat your lunch. So don't make it easy for them to eat your lunch. Uh, Amazon, Prime. Um, I like Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix. But if you're going to start doing stupid things like this, where you're literally putting your head up and saying, we are greedy companies, then it might be time to go. Bye. And hashtag warning, all your original content that you're saying you're using this money for, it's going to land up on pirated sites because people aren't going to be using your, your software anyway. So play nicely. If you're allowed five users, please don't worry where those five users are. You've allowed them. Right. So um, speaking of money now, unfortunately, because I'm using the internal slide system here, this was just a slide that came over, but that's fine for those watching. For those watching, there's a picture of an Apple iPhone with just the cable and the stickers and a little pin that you can use to open and get your SIM card out. Now, a little while ago, um, well, I must just say, I used to love unboxing Apple products. And so did every brand out there, I think. I mean, I remember that you got the new Apple anything, and it was just sexy. It was just the way it opened, and packaging was cool, and a little tab that you pulled, and every single brand out there has wanted to try have the same experience on their products. Some have, and you can always say, oh, that's very Apple. So I think it was the iPhone 11 onwards, um, or maybe it was the 12, but Apple announced that they would stop putting in the charger and the wired headset. Okay, we all got excited thinking they're going to give us AirPods. That never happened. And by doing that, they were going to reduce waste and they could reduce their packaging size, which was less packaging, which was awesome for the environment. And everyone out there that hugged trees was like, rah, 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 this is fantastic. I did notice how the little plastic Apple stickers are still in there. I don't know how good that is for the environment, but we all like sticking those on our cars and our non-Apple computers and products. However, so by doing this, Apple has put $9 billion with a B in revenue because they've saved, right? So that selling price versus the cost price to produce the products has results in an extra $9 billion. So well done for reducing waste. Uh, as a shareholder, I'm going catching. Thank you very much. Show me the money. So yeah, um, $9 billion. Kaspersky. So given what's going on with Russia and Ukraine at the moment, especially in the tech industry, um, a lot of brands are, are pulling out of, uh, are not supporting, sorry, not pulling out, but well, pulling out, but also not supporting um, anything that's made in Russia. Kaspersky is an antivirus software. It is made in Russia. Here's the problem. So the, the, the suggestion was we should stop using Kaspersky because it's Russian, but also because it's a Russian product, there's chances of increased cybersecurity threats. Now, I don't know if that's just the government's trying to get us to stop using the product uh, and boycott, which in its own is good enough, 
or if there really could be a risk of a cybersecurity threat, because this is Kaspersky is on 400 million users' machines or devices. And I think in that is 240,000 companies around the world. Now, imagine if the Russian, what's it, the Kremlin, did get hold of Kaspersky and said to him, you've got a portal into the West and every other country out there. Um, we want to take over your software and we are going to send some form of virus through it. Uh, that could be catastrophic. So, you know, I'm going to say stop using Kaspersky because you stand against Russia and you support Ukraine and we vehemently against what's going on in Russia. Um, and I think I, I talk for the whole world here. Um, I don't know if they could ever use, if Russia could ever use Kaspersky software to um, come through and, and create cyber war and cyber attacks. Uh, but I'm just going to go with the fact that it is a Russian product. We are boycotting Russian products at the moment. So uninstall Kaspersky. If you do, please put something else on. I don't know what you want to use, uh, Avast or Norton or I don't know. There's hundreds of them out there. But, uh, yeah, let's maybe join the boycott. So speaking of uh, spying, there's a company out there that has a, or used to, I think, have a slogan that says, don't be evil. Okay. Now, lately, they've taken a lot of flack and been reminded of this don't be evil mantra that they used to have. And the latest uh, very scary story comes from, an, from a bunch of Irish researchers. Hopefully, this didn't happen on St. Patrick's Day because then maybe it was alcohol influence. But anyway, well, hopefully, it did happen on St. Patrick's Day and then maybe it was alcohol influence. Um, and then this company is not being evil. But the Irish researchers have found that this company is using its dialer and messaging apps um, to send data back to their servers. So what does this mean? Well, this means that if you're one of the over billion people in the world that have an Android device, every time you dial the phone number or every time you send an SMS, data, I don't know what data, data is being sent back to the Google servers. Now, um, the fact that this is an Irish company that has found this, and in the EU they have the GDPR, which is strongly enforced, I think over the next few weeks we're about to see a whole wave of pain happening for Google um, in the sense that the fines can be quite significant. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be something I'm going to watch. And for all those people that keep having a go at me about being an Apple fanboy, how's your data on your Android device now? And... I'm not giving up my Android device. I have one right here playing with it as we speak. So, um, yeah, it's just I also don't care if my data goes anywhere. I'm not doing anything I shouldn't be doing. And I've always said that if you're going to serve me adverts and you're going to serve me adverts that are relevant to me based on the data you've got from me, awesome. I'd prefer if you didn't serve me adverts at all, but I know that's not going to happen. So are you game? That brings us to the end of things with AZ or sorry, business news. What have we got in are you game? Ah, oh, okay. So I have to give a shout out. If you look at the screen, there's a picture of a really, really cool car branded up in the Direwolves logos and actually their sponsors as well um, up there. So Gran Tur Turismo 7 has just launched. Um, if you're a racing fan, this really is a cool game. In fact, I need to do a review of the game as well. I mean, you need to spend a little bit more time with it. Um, but for now, um, the Die Wolves have managed to actually get their branding on a car in the game. If you are in-game, you can search DW Win, so Die Wolves Win, 
and you'll be able to find the skin and you'll be able to skin up your car and support uh, your favorite team in esports. So yeah, just a shout out. Um, well done. Pretty cool. And then uh, for my featured game of the week, it's one that I play. Um, it's called The Art of War. Uh, if you're watching the, the, the presentation, you'll see some screenshots. Basically, if you're not, and if you're not, The Art of War is a strategic game. You've got to build troops, and you have to pit your troops against other troops. It's played on mobile, and for all the viewers and listeners out there, I always play most of my games on mobile. I do play on console. I don't play on PC. But mobile for me is obviously a big go-to. Now, I love Clash Royale, which is the same type of thing where you, you know, pitting strategy against their clan. With Art of War, um, basically, you, you, every time you win a battle, you get coins and you can buy new troops and you've got to position your troops in a formation. So as I said, if you look at the screen, you can see I've put some different formations up there. Um, and the formation is very important because it depends on how they attack yours and what happens. There's also a little sub-game inside, which is an expedition where you've got to attack castles and convert them from that troop's color to your troop's color. But while you're attacking one castle, someone else is attacking yours. And the reason I also featured this game this week is a little bit of a, a punt and also some news for next week. Um, next week is on the 30th, Wednesday the 30th, I will be speaking at the ICC at the SMB Digital event. Uh, I think my presentation, well, I should find out. I think it's 11 o'clock in the morning. If you go to SMB, small, medium business, dash digital.com.au forward slash tickets, they are free. It's a two-day event. There's going to be some amazing speakers there. This is all about things for small businesses. Uh, my presentation is called The Art of War, Applying Gamification to Your Business and How It Can Win New Customers. So I don't just talk about games all the time. Uh, games are a very part, a very important part of my life, both from the fun point of view. Uh, my son, if you watched last week, Cade was on the show talking about gaming. So yes, the entertainment side of it, but there's huge business opportunities in gaming that a lot of brands don't know about. So as I said, I will be in Sydney next week speaking about it. That means I will not be um, doing the show next week because I will be there. Um, so possibly not doing the show next week. I suppose it depends how I feel, I might just jump on. Um, I don't know if I can stream live from there. If I can, I might put the show on. That would be 11 o'clock Sydney time. Um, so, yeah, but if you are in Sydney or if you're traveling down to Sydney, as I said, it's a free show, a lot of really good speakers. Go and check out the lineup. And as I said, it's free tickets. Um, so that is probably why I would have chosen uh, The Art of War as my, um, as my game of the week. And that brings us to the end of Are You Game? So Q&A, and I see my head's going all over. I've got to look at my different screens now because that's not working. So uh, what have we got here? Uh, okay, we'll talk about gaming and all modem. Okay, here's a good one. So will a modem make a difference to my internet speed? I hope my son's listening to the show because we've had this chat a few times. So the simple answer is no. And I think, I'm, and I'm going to explain why I say no. So there are a lot of modems out there that are designed for gaming, that work with contention, the way they handle across the different devices connecting to them. To this question, will a modem make a difference to my internet speed? No. Your internet speed comes from the service provider. So when you sign up with an ISP, internet service provider, you sign up for a 50 meg line, a 100 meg line, if you're lucky enough to live in South Korea, and eight gigabit line, yes, eight gigabits. Uh, 
if you unlucky, you can get 25 megs or 10 megs or I don't know, then get a typewriter or get smoke signals. However, if the question was asked about a modem making a difference, it can make a difference to the devices in your office or in your home. And there's multiple reasons why or multiple things to look for that can actually make this difference. So first of all is the protocol. At the moment, we're on Wi-Fi 6. So like Bluetooth, is Bluetooth 5.2, we're on Wi-Fi 6. And in fact, I think Wi-Fi 7 is being tested at the moment. So a lot of the devices in circulation at the moment will be Wi-Fi 5 or maybe even Wi-Fi 4. That means that once the pipe has come into your house with the internet, the modem then can affect how quickly it pushes it and how far it pushes it through your house. This is where you might want to consider using mesh as well to extend. And I have spoken about mesh before, um, but mesh is a it works a lot better than range extenders because it plugs straight into the modem and it has its own little network and way of working. So um, Wi-Fi 6 will push further and faster than Wi-Fi 5. So the modem will make a difference there. But if you're looking for internet speed, no. Um, it won't make a difference in the sense that what comes in is what you get. I do advocate for the gamers out there and even people that do um, streams and broadcasts and podcasts and all those good things, if possible, hardwire. So a lot of modern homes will have ports in the wall, plug your modem in and then plug your modem into the port system. It's, it's normally somewhere in houses up in the cupboard and then you can hardwire off the port in the wall, like the, it looks like an aerial jack, or you can run a cable straight from the modem itself, and then you will get the true speed, because as it comes in, it will go straight out along your cable, and yes, cables make a difference as well, and the longer the cable, it can affect the speed, and if you buckle the cable, it can affect the speed. So it's quite a finicky thing. Um, I hope that answers the question. As I said, it doesn't. the, the modem itself won't make a difference to the internet speed, um, but it can make a difference to the way the internet is dispersed around your house uh, or your office and depends also on the number of devices that you have connected, which is called contention. Um, so, yeah, I hope that that answers that question for you. Um, that will bring us to the end of the show. It says up on my screen, uh, see you next Wednesday. As I said, potentially not. Come on down to the SMB, um, um, SMB Digital Conference. Uh, down in Sydney. I'll be speaking there next week, Wednesday. Hey, Melissa, I got a thumbs up from her. I hope that was maybe on that. Maybe you asked the question. I don't know, but uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. <laughs>